This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Wednesday, August 3rd, and this is Season 7, Episode 1 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Rick. Hello. Cy. Hey, everybody. Tommy. What's up? And Jeff. Hello. Well, I'm very excited to be back, and we have an exciting season to preview. Um, it's been, it was nice to have a break from the summer, and we're now recording live uh, at the Atlantic, so you may hear some noise in the background, but, um, but I think that adds to the character of it. But we are using... Good equipment. We tested it. We're hoping our sound quality is back up to where it was, and we're excited to get going. It's Oliver uh, Skip getting hurt again in the background. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's uh, well, we'll get to that too soon, too soon. <laughs> but let's start the conversation with a question from actually our own Mike, who handles the Chicago Spurs uh, Twitter account, and he asks us a question. Tommy? All right. So our good friend Mike, who runs the Chicago Spurs Twitter, his question is, who's more important to the cu- club at the moment, Kane or Conte? Um, I'll just say my piece right now. I'm going to say Conte because he's the one that's bringing it all together. He's worked well with Prodigy, so they know what – or Prodigy knows what players that suits Conte's uh, system. Kane is just – or is very important as well, but we got Dayon, we got Richarlson, we got Son. So, for argument's sake, if Kane left, they could shoulder the load. So – um, yeah, that's what I got. Well, in in kind of Kane stayed around because because of Conte. Oh yeah, he totally bought into it. I think he's like, you know, I mean, I think everybody in the team or us fans know that whether it be the team or Conte, it's like this is our best chance to win a trophy. And I think it's evident where we were in the table when he got hired. Um, we had some setbacks, and then we made a late or made a. An improbable run, in my opinion, in April and May to get Champions League. So, my opinion, proofs in the pudding. Yeah. Other thoughts? I could, I could comment. Uh, listen, I'll take the, I'll take the other side, Tommy. Just for, Fair. just for, just for shits and giggles. Only because, at the end of the day, managers stay at these clubs for such a short time. I mean, it's very rare that you get a great manager who just sits around for five to ten years. It's, they, they come and they go. There's no doubt that Conte is a gigantic piece to this puzzle and he's getting his way, which is unheard of at Tottenham, even in my tenure. But without Kane, this club could really, really be in bad shape. And he had to keep Kane. He had to keep Kane happy as well, in my opinion. So now that Kane's there, everybody's happy, got a little money. I think this is Conte's run. But are you, Tommy, or anybody else here confident that Conte is going to stay another year if we don't succeed? Go ahead, Tom. Sorry, I I know I'm hogging the mic right now. Go ahead. Excuse me. Realistically, this is the last year of his contract. He's on a one and a half year contract with two or an option of two or one year and another year after. If he doesn't like what he sees and there's no more signings or reassurances, he's gone. Well, that's my point. So go ahead. I mean, my, my point exactly. Like, he can literally be like, I'm out of here. So how do you how do you make him our most important person at the club when Kane is by far in my eyes 
the most important person at this club and son. But go ahead, Rick. Because if Conte leaves, Kane leaves. That's the problem. Can Kane leave though? That's the that's the that, that's the question we have to ask. Like Kane's time may have kind of passed to leave. I mean, I, he doesn't have to renew his contract, but um, but on, on a whole, like who's going to t- take him on a transfer at this point, even if he demanded? Well, but, but clubs may not pay a hundred million for him, but if he runs down his contract, then he can sign for anybody. Yeah, so yeah, you're saying he, he, he could just run down him, the contract. Yeah. Which and, well, for argument's sake, right now, I mean, we saw Halan, he got, what, or it was like 65, 70 million for him uh, from Dortmund. So, you know, Kane with his age, I mean, he's got, what, two, three years left on his contract. But he's 30 years old. So... Oh, yeah, I mean, Josh turned 30. Even so, it's the number that counts in this factor. So, in my opinion. So... I think he might be able to get 50, 60 tops right now just because of the current um, state of transfers. Yeah, I was just going to say it's a real 1A, 1B argument, right? Because they're both so crucially important. I would say Conte right now just because of the system he's putting in place. And historically, at the places he manages, then that outlasts him once he leaves. The teams continue to be good with that process in place. But both he and Kane are making the happy noises about... They both both might want to re-up for longer contracts, so let's hope it's a really good year. Yeah, I think it comes down to the year, and, and we'll, we'll certainly be touching base on where we think this year is going in the second half. Um, but let's uh, first have a conversation uh, about the transfers. So the last time we had an episode uh, midsummer um, break was... Um, we had uh, we had already made a lot of significant moves that we were able to talk about. So Fraser Forrester had happened, Perisic had happened, Basuma. Um, we were pretty confident that Rick Carlson was in the door at that point, and um, and Langley was being talked about, and it sounded like that was going to happen as well. Um, and we were in, we we had the open conversation about Jed Spence that was going on at that point, but that that certainly dragged on and took a couple more weeks after our last episode. Uh, but now we ha- we have uh, for sure all of those players, and we have Langley and, and Jed Spence uh, uh, cornered. So, um, uh, for first answer for me, if we were to end the window with just these players, is it enough for everybody here? And, and second, where should we focus? Because there is certainly some talk about some additional players coming in. Uh, so, Jeff. The only area that I worry about right now is center back because, you know, Roden just left for Ren on loan to buy, and supposedly Tanganga is going to follow him. That only leaves us with five. And so I would think that they're going to look to bring somebody else in so that we have six back there. Um, so that's still where I would like to see us make some moves. Yeah, I th- that does seem like a crucial place. So you, you wouldn't be satisfied with what we have, assuming, like, possible outgoings and we will talk outgoings in a second um uh how, how about the rest of you rick um my opinion might be a bit controversial um what we've done so far is basically the bare minimum um we ended we in january we um registered 21 players for for uh premiership games 21 so, you know, we were four players short already. Um, but out of that 21, there were three or four players that never played. You know, the two reserve goalkeepers. There was a, a, a 22-year-old 
uh, Adamol, who never played. Who? His name was Adamol. I can't, he, he's a young player, just turned 22. Oh. He was in, he was in the squad, but never played. Um, and there was also players like Rodon that never played. So, you know, we were, we were registered 21 players, but we were only playing with 17 players, plus the three under-21 players that were Skip, uh, Kulisevsky, and um, Sessignol. So, you know, we had a very bare squad. So, we signed six players, which has basically got us up to 25. And that's it, you know, with the players that were sold, which we'll talk about. So, it's basically got us to basically the bare minimum for, for a 25-man squad. What we haven't done is improved. If you, it, it, we've, we've improved because we've, we've, we've gained numbers, but we haven't improved by replacing players with improvements, if you see what I mean. We haven't, you know, replaced Winks with a better player. That, that, that's kind of what I'm talking about. We've got depth. We've got depth, but we haven't... We haven't well, we've got bodies. We don't have true quality. Yeah. No, we've got... We've, we've brought in quality players, but all we've done is um, the bare minimum to bring the squad up to 25. It's what happens now, from now until the end of the window, that's really important. Okay, so... Actually, my first question, I don't know if anybody can answer, is the transfer window end at the end of the month? September. I don't is it, is it September 1st? Maybe September 1st. Okay. For, it, sometime around then, either. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe August 27th, so, September yeah. like Generally speaking, I do agree with Rick because I feel like to start the transfer window, we start off strong. You know, we got Perisic, we got Forster, um, got, you know, eventually we got Basuma with that episode, uh, you know, like the signings we made, I think they're quality. My issue is we should have done more. Um, if anybody, I don't know if anybody remembers, but in the January episode where we're talking about transfer, you know, transfer budget, um, you can take it with a relative grain of salt. But um, I saw in four four two they had a snippet about how much we could spend in theory in January. Allegedly, it was four hundred million dollars because we were just hoarding money at the time. Granted, we do have the stadium to pay off. In about ten years, but that's beside the point. Um, well, so we still can I just cut in? Yeah, that, that four hundred million is what is available um, financial fair play. Because of financial right. fair play, because we haven't we haven't used that money in the previous three years. Right. So September first is the end of the oh, window. Fair. So I like I said, I feel like we start off strong. I think we should have beefed up more. Um, well, there's still time. I know. I know, but the rumors have kind of died out. Like, you know, talking to Lucas, he was saying, like, apparently Madison wants to come here. I'm like, I don't know why we're not getting it done. Granted, we got Lucas Moore signing a new contract, so that's great. He's going to come off the – I think he's going to come off the bench and do well. But, I mean, other than that, like, I think how Jeff said, we should look for another central defender and somebody else in midfield. So, like, b- both three – all three phases of the uh, outfield we should be looking for. Um I think it's creative players that we need most. Um, I like, wouldn't mind. Like uh, I, I do think we could use another right wing back, center back. I agree is the most in need position. But I think ultimately, like we really need is uh, that creative player that can help unlock a low block team. Well, and also, and we're going to face a lot of low block uh, or low block teams this year, and um, and that's where we've struggled in the past. And a creative player can help us do that. Uh, Tommy, you want to jump in real fast? Um, I know we're going to talk about preseason. 
in very shortly. But my other biggest beef is if we can find a set piece specialist, that would be great because we also brought in that set piece coach, and allegedly he's got two thousand plus scenarios that could like you know plays. So if we had somebody that can actually whip it in or do a free kick or whatever, it'd make things a whole lot easier. Right. Um, I think what's happening right now is we're in a phase where we're trying to work out who's going to leave. Um, you know, we, we have a list of players that we, wanna, we want to leave, but we don't know whether they're actually going to leave. You know, we don't know whether people are going to buy them or loan them. We don't know. So I think we're in that phase where we, we have to see who's going to go first before we need to buy what we need at the end. Do you see what I mean? So for argument's sake, if Wings ships out, we can we, probably we, get Madison. Exactly, that, that kind of thing. Because we already have, I mean, for argument's sake, we have uh, Sar from Mets. So like technically he would be his replacement squad-wise. Yeah. So like we can it's figure, like, figure but out But there was the talks today about yeah. him going out on, uh, uh, on a loan to buy. Uh, that that just came out in today's Inter Milan. Inter Milan yeah. was inquiring yeah. I mean, about him. I'll give you an example. We we could easily buy a left back right now. You know, we could go in for Cucurello. You know, who allegedly is going to Chelsea. We could buy him right now. Yeah. But we've already got Regalon, and who's to say that Regalon is going to get sold? He might not. So you don't buy Cucurello first and then try and sell Regalon because you you, you know you'll get to a point where. You're going to lose money because you want to get rid of him. Yeah, and it's not like bail, where like we knew we know he was going to go out enforcements first. So, so what you want to see is is someone going to buy Regalon for thirty million? If they are, then we can go and buy another left back for thirty million. Right, that kind of thing. So I think that's what's going on right now. So I'm going to comment real quick about Rick. Rick's dead right about the squad. We're we just filled all the spaces. But to answer your question, Anthony, I actually am pretty excited about today where we stand. I mean, if you started the season right now, I think we have a, enough depth and enough talent to fight for the league and to fight for a lot of cups. And so, as a Spurs fan, just a general Spurs fan, I'm happy. Um, do we need to do more? Absolutely. Rick's right. we got to sell regularly on. we gotta, we got to try to sell Winks. we gotta, we got to get Ndombele off the books, and LaCelso needs to go. You, if we get four guys off the books, we could probably buy two yeah. or three players that can make a difference for this squad. And either Royale or because we got Spence. Right, but here's the other thing about this. We can't just start chucking everybody because if Conte does leave at the end of the season, that doesn't mean this system's going to stay in place. We can go back to a back four. We might need a, a, a true... Everybody's shining down so hard on Royal, and I honestly think he's a decent right back. He's, he's not a great wing back. Actually, not, he's not a good wing back, <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is you can't just up and just like sell everybody and go... Who do we know the next coach is going to be? We've had Mourinho, now we have Conte. We've been very fortunate to have both great coaches. Mourinho was awful. Let's not go there. But the point is, is that you got to be ready for the next step. And so you can't just start unloading everybody. My thing is, I agree with Jeff, center back is probably the best case scenario. Getting somebody like Madison in or Erickson, who's obviously not coming in, or one of those like creative midfielders for a Conte system doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think you need to like... Get a right wing back and get a center back and solidify this t this army. But the other side is he's shown that Mora is going to be 
a possibility at right wing back, which is telling me deep down he's saying no more right wing backs. We got Spence, we got Mora, we got Doherty, we got Royal, we got Perisic who could play anywhere on the pitch basically. Perisic, I'm sorry, I'm messing up his name. I don't think you're you're going to see another signing like that. Now, Madison would be great, but I don't I don't think it's going to happen. Are Go you ahead. inclined to leave then for argument's sake? If we ha- if more Lucas Moore is going to play right wing back, that means Emerson Royal Doherty they're probably going to be gone. But we're going to ch- sign somebody that's more attacking or like we're going to fill other holes because in theory the right wing back would be the that position we have enough depth for. I'll answer that real quick, and then, Jeff, you can go ahead. I, I think what's happening is Conte is looking at Mora and saying, can you play right wing back? And Mora saying, I will do whatever it takes to be on that pitch. And I think he can end up being a great right wing back. So, yeah, I think that's exactly okay. what's going to happen. Fair. I was going to say the other thing, going back to what Rick had said, is we were all super happy with our midfield depth. Like, oh, man, we got four all-star midfielders. Well, now two of them are on the shelf for at least the first couple of games, and we're going to have to see Winks on the bench again probably against Southampton. So, you know, maybe some more reinforcements there too. But it's the same thing. Like, as we push all these other guys out the door, we still need, you know, people to be on the bench for rotation. We're in four competitions. It's going to be impossible without a really deep team. Well, and we're also talking very uh, – Heavily, we've been heavily in for uh, with Zanolo or whatever his name is. Yeah, Roma, yeah. Nicolo Nicolo Roma. Zaniolo. Uh, and he, oh. and he um, like the, the rumor is that Conte wants to make him a, a right wing back. So, uh, like, if we were to do that, then uh, what we're saying about, well, we, we have enough depth, we can, can use Lucas there. Um, it's possible if that's really what we're trying to do with him. The, the, that's not what we're thinking. We are thinking more like a, another wing back. Um, to throw in there and alternate with Spence, and then it's probably like the Doherty's of the world are uh, excess baggage at that point. And they did say earlier in the summer that like he could leave if he wanted to. Um, so I, I I think we might still be going for like uh, maybe somebody in the wing back role that has a little bit more creativity, but I don't think he has like the Madison type creativity. Um, Not even close. But um, but it does fit the Conte system a little bit more if they are going to use him in wing back, and that's why if like that doesn't go through because uh, Mourinho is holding on to him. Um, the Treori rumors have popped back up because like there's our backup plan like you know. If we're going to convert somebody, let's uh, let's convert somebody that Conte wants. I guess it's like he loves a conversion. He'd rather convert than than buy somebody who already does the job. Yeah, yeah. yeah Troy has turned into Leandro Demio. God. <laughs> well, also he didn't come in January because he didn't want to be a right wing back. Maybe since he flamed out with Barcelona, he would do it now. But well, I'm, I'm not a fan know. anyway. So I like don't care. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a beast, but I don't I don't really necessarily want him. But I'll say this last thing. Um, about Mora is that Conte wants to find him on the pitch. But with Carlson now and Decky being so damn good, you have so many options up front on that right side that where's Mora going to play? Yeah, we're in a million competitions. But, like, you got to find a way to get more on the pitch. With five subs, Mora has a chance to get on there more often than not. So where do you play him? That's that's my thing. I'm, he's probably going to play – he's going to start League Cup, early FA Cup, and then he'll probably get – depending on – the second and third pot who we get in the uh, group stage for our Champions League, he might start. But, I mean, how are you saying what's up? That pretty much sums it up for me. He, if we're down a goal, if we are tied and we need that extra bit of energy, pace. He, he's that guy because I've said it many times, and I will say it again, Lucas Moore has pace to burn. He draws fouls. He will 
and because of that, he other players will be open. So, granted, he's not the greatest passer, not the greatest finisher, but that's beside the point. Well, and the other, and the other thing you're maybe omitting is the fact that you know players don't always play well all the time. You know, Decky's going to go through a period where you know he's not playing well, and then Mora might start a few games, and Decky will be on the bench. You know, that 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 that's the beauty of Conte's system where. He wants to be overloaded with players so he can handle injuries and off-form and suspensions. And the level of the team doesn't change. And, and that's the beauty of his system. So that's kind of what I think, you know, that's why I'm, I'm kind of thinking that Moore is going to play a, 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 a more of a role than people think. Yeah, I, I think with the five subs, there's going to be a role for everybody in the squad. Um, and who knows what's going to happen with this World Cup uh, in in like uh, November and December? Like there could be people that get hurt, and uh, um, and we need our sure, backup Lucas players. Says Lucas has is down for like eight or nine injuries during the World Cup, right? Right now, so we're going to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. So we'll definitely have to to, to have that depth to be able to come out of that uh, competition and. And compete because we're going to be coming back right into like well, Boxing Day, pretty much. And well, well, the beauty of the World Cup is that January is straight after it. So if you if we get a, a shitload of injuries, we can we can we can help with January transfer window. No, true, but that doesn't always uh, save the day. When those guys need some time to yeah, work we, into a we've, system. We've actually never had a World Cup, obviously, in winter. So we've never had a World Cup where immediately afterwards um, there's a January transfer window. Yeah, there's just always been the summer transfer window immediately after the World yeah, Cup. I'm, 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 <laughs> so it's not much no, different. But. No, but, it's, no, but what happens is players suddenly play well in the World Cup and they immediately get sold to someone um, because they played well in the World Cup. And that's going to happen That's going to happen now because of the January transfer window. Yeah, fair point. And then we fair can point. spend Tommy's $400 million in January. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tommy's $400 million. I'd love to spend that. Um, well... Uh, Good conversation there. I do want to talk just a brief little bit about outgoing players. Um, I think uh, when we last met, we Bergvine had already moved on. We were kind of uh, like set him our best on his departure. We know he wants to play and get minutes so he can uh, um, make make his team for the World Cup. That was important to him. Um, I, I think we got a pretty good price for him. Uh, but now um, uh, we knew Carter Vickers had been sold at that point. Uh, now Jack Clark has uh, sold for like an unknown fee. Um, and, um, and Joe Roden looks like he's uh, out for a, a loan to buy. Um, so outgoings, um, those are the guys that are already out pretty much. Um, but there's a lot of rumors about other guys that are going out. Regulon, LaCelso, and Dombele, if anybody will have him. Um, uh, or if he'll agree to go any place that will have him. Um, uh, all of those questions. But uh, let's have a quick conversation about outgoings. Like, who do you want to see go? Um, um, and how fast do you want to see him go so we can bring in Please these let last Rick remaining go pieces? <laughs> Rick, wants, Rick. Rick's, Rick wants Harry to leave. <laughs> Clearly. No, I'm I'm actually going to surprise you all by saying there's one person that is rumored to leave that I don't want to leave. Um, Regulon. Now, um, he's a young player. He's very fast. Um, he's got an eye for goal, and I actually think he could be a star of the future. I really do, um, and I really hope we don't get rid of him. Um, you know, people. 
people tend to um, form opinions about players on how they play right now and they can't see what they might be in two years time or three years time and I think in a couple of years he's going to be a really good player um, everybody else bye I, I don't care do you, do you think Conte thinks that he could be that type of player I don't think he does and that's why he wants to get rid of him yeah well I can see your argument because I have the same argument about Emerson Royale now granted he was purchased with the intention of being a right back under Nuno so he doesn't really fit in right now, but everybody says, or he's what, 21, 22? If you're that young, you're probably coachable. And he's, I mean, at the end of last season, he, I mean, he wasn't saying the world on fire, but you saw definite improvement. So if he play, or I hope he doesn't get sold, like I wouldn't mind if he was on loan and have Doherty and Spence share the right back and go from there. But, um, and, in, oh, and Lucas. Well, again, you probably need three because if you if you're saying, "Oh, we have De- we have Doherty and Spence," what happens if one of them's injured? Then we got Lucas Moore, allegedly. Yeah, that'll yeah. be the argument. But um, moving on from that, uh, as or Perisic can play over there, but yeah, then he is two footed, so yeah. that could work. If Regulon doesn't go, then you do have more depth on the the left. That's the thing. You, right. You've got to be careful about about. How many you get rid of, and what happens if there's an injury or, you know, a, a long-term injury to one of these players? I mean, you end up, you've sold one, and you've got one injured, I mean, you're short. Yeah, but, um, sorry, I'll be quick, but I kind of want to echo what Sai said about, you know, Donway, is anybody going to take him? Apparently, he was going to go, or rumors were he's going to go to Turkey. I mean, it'd be kind of like Real Madrid with Bale. We would have to eat up a lot of his salary. And he said he doesn't want to go there as of today. Okay. So, but I mean, wherever he goes, I mean, I think the motivation for him right now is World Cup. Could he make the World Cup? No, he's mo- kind no, of fringe right now. No, no, the motivation for him is to do nothing and get paid two hundred grand a week. Well, we don't that's know that. What he's, well, that's what he's been doing for six months. But uh, no, but the other one, Lacelso. Apparently, he's a bad seat. He's just oh yeah, he's a, heard, a pain in the that. ass. So, I mean, let's ship him off. Um. If we can get a, the alleged rumor of like a month ago was swap with Villarreal with Pau Torres, I'd gladly do it, but that remains to be seen. Um, as Harry or Rick would love, uh, Harry Winks to be gone. But we do that, we got to bring in a homegrown player. Um, I don't even know who else was rumor. Oh, yeah, Royal. I said Doherty. I mean, I think it's one or the other probably, but as Rick's, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Um, Roden, I mean, I'll like. I'll, I'm the first one to say I was very surprised that he started or he got garbage time against the games that I was at uh, in May, but I feel bad for him because I think there's some quality there. I just wish he had a chance to show it. I know there's a bit of a log jam right now with Dyer, Romero, um, now Lengley and Davis, but, I mean, oh, well, at least he's, he's going to get to play. There's something up with Rodon because he is a good player. I mean, he plays for Wales and everything else. But consistent managers or, you know, our team have just not picked him for whatever reason. Like, there must be something. Well, he that, kept I mean, getting hurt for us too. He, like, separated a shoulder. And oh, he, he did. And he I busted a rib. It was like every time he was going to play, oh, guess what, he's out. But even when he's had chances, you know, he had the odd 10 minutes here or there or whatever, and he never got consistent play from, you know, consecutive managers. And you just wonder, you know, is there something in training? Is there something in attitude or whatever? Because, they, you know, Conte literally just decided, 
you know, I'm gone. You know, he, he's gone. I, I don't want him. And he is gone. I mean, he's gone. I mean, so, maybe, maybe the loan will... Ch- I mean, if it's an attitude problem, for argument's sake, maybe going to France might change things up a bit. And Conte is keeping tabs on him. We'll, I mean, it remains to be seen, of course. Yeah. I, it, it could go... Like, I'm okay with players um, being sold... Uh, loaned out with a, a like a buy clause that like we get good money uh, return on them I think that's good business uh, we can use that money to buy a player that fits the system that we're playing at the time I think it makes us more flexible as a club going forward I'm, I'm actually okay with, with um, players that might be good players that might be useful in another team in like a, a future uh, being purchased uh, loaned eventually sold or set up a deal so that they can be sold in future years. Um, I think it's good business and it, it makes sense for what we're doing right now. Like uh, some of these loans, maybe they will come back. And if we end up with a different coach in a year and a half, like maybe they'll fit into that system and we, we only loaned them. Um, but if we put a buyback clause in there and it's enough money that we're getting a good profit, like uh, for, for sell on, that's good money that we can use to, to buy other players that are fitting whatever we're trying to do at the time. So, I mean, like, yeah, we, you want to see players get a chance, but I think we have to think like a big club now and, and big clubs don't, necessarily worry about like every player that could be something down the road um we gotta worry about you you buy them and you worry about the value that you have in the player and find a place to get more value out of them to move them on like that's why i'm all for like a brian hill even if he never plays for us well i think to touch exactly what you just said we have to have the mentality that we are a big club I'm so tired of people like saying, oh, we're Little Tottenham. We're not Little Tottenham anymore. We're a big club, big stadium with money, and it's time to get this game on. To Rick's point, it's time to buy more players, spend that money. We need a full squad. We need even more players. Brian, okay, two things. Ndombele and La Celso were investments. All these players are investments. They were bad investments. A lot of players are good investments. You lose some investments. It's time to move on from those players, whether it's take a dump on them, Get rid of them for 10, 20 million, whatever it is, if we're lucky. Um, you just got to move on from those kind of players. But I don't want to harp on that because I know we do it every single podcast. Two things. Reggie Reglion, I agree with Rick. I think he's a great player. I think he's got enormous talent. Um, another one is Brian Hill. I actually think Brian Hill's got a lot of talent. I would like to see him actually get loaned out to a really tough squad, hopefully in the premiership down low for, uh, for a Forest or a Leeds or somebody we can like battle on that right side and really gain some exposure yeah. and some some like just, just get in a mix here in the, in, in the league and get like full-time playing time. Um, but he's not going to see the pitch this year, not, not with what we have available to us now. Um, and I'll, I'll be quick. I, like, like we said earlier, I don't think you can loan out a single right or left wing back right now. I think you got to hold on to all of them. Um, injuries are going to happen. We are in so many matches, and so that's just not going. That's not going to happen. Go ahead, Tom. No, I was going to say <clears throat> with uh, Brian Heal, I think he has enormous talent as well. Um, Prodigy, he's got an eye for the young up and coming talent. My, how you said, play for Leeds, Nottingham Forest, I don't know, Bournemouth, etc. I would gladly welcome that because my biggest issue with him is he's a bit of a beanpole. Let him get used to the physicality of, of the Premier League. If he can do that and still play to the quality that I believe he can when he was at Sevilla or when he was at Valencia this spring, then th- things would look good. 
Jeff, bring it home for us. Um, I was just going to say, Peter wants me to say my last thing as president of, of Team Tange. Um, <laughs> so, but um, I mean, there isn't anything I can say about, you know, boy, he's going to come back this year. I assume he won't be registered, but also nobody wants him. So that's just going to put his entire career in limbo, which is sad to see. I mean, first we saw Delhi flame out, but... You know, he fell off a cliff, but at least he got to the cliff to begin with. We <laughs> never got that with Tange, like you know, some of us, like me, dreamed that he would. Um, so it's just a really sad situation. I have no idea what he's going to do. He's, he's play with the U23s, I guess. He's going to collect <laughs> 200,000 pounds a week. Yeah, gonna do? pretty much. Or we're, we're going to release him. Yeah. Right. But, um, yeah, going back to what everybody said, um, I would rather we keep Reguilon because you know Sessegnon's made of glass. He's going to miss a, a chunk of the season, and Perisic is on the wrong side of 30. So we need another guy. You know, Doherty can play over there on the left, but he'll probably get hurt too. So <laughs> the more the merrier. Keep all the, all the wingbacks you can. Yeah, I think when you're playing a Conte system, it's, it's good to have as many wingbacks as possible or people that can flow into that role as needed. Like, that's why I have no problem. If Lucas is going to mo- probably mostly just be a winger for us, but um, but if he can play wing back in a pinch, it's uh, uh, we probably are going to have a lot of those pinches with all the competitions that we're in uh, over the the length of a full season, where we need somebody to step in and do that role. And if he can learn enough about doing that role to to step into that role, I'm okay with having an extra body who can do it and do multiple like to ha- be, have players that can play multiple roles. Like that works great in a Conte system. Um, uh, you got to have a certain skill level and you, you have to be able to meet his expectations for fitness and everything. But, um, but if you have the right skill sets to be able to adapt, then, uh, then, then you're great for this Conte system. Um, I want to move the conversation along, but great conversation on transfers. We'll certainly know more in future episodes about who we're bringing in, who's go- who, who else is going out. And we'll talk about that when we in future episodes. Uh, but I just want to have a quick conversation about the preseason fixture. So we, um, the last time we talked was before the it, right before it started. So they went to Korea. We had all those Korean fixtures. Uh, we had a couple of players who got COVID that weren't able to uh, get there. Some people that didn't join us until after that didn't come along. Um, and then we've uh, had some preseasons. We had this trip to uh, under the hot sun of Israel more recently that was kind of a very, I guess, unenergetic, uh, uh, hot uh, uh, match that we got to watch there. Um, what did you guys see out of this? I know preseason doesn't matter. Um, you, you can't judge performances in it, um, but you, you need to get everybody up to fitness and expectation. But what did you guys see out of this, uh, these uh, preseason games? All right, I'm, I'm going to jump in before you all, jump, you, you all form your opinion. I'll just tell you what I think, okay? Um, preseason means absolutely nothing. Zero. People put too much emphasis on... Who plays, how well they played, who scored, who didn't score, what the results are, means nothing. It's, it's glorified training, and that's it. And I don't take any notice of preseason at all, and I don't care. Go. <laughs> oh, I'm going to echo your sentiment because, for me, my personal opinion about preseason is, A, get out of preseason unscathed, bring up fitness levels, as everybody knows, they were doing like a bajillion sprints in uh, Korea, 
people were dropping off left and right. I don't even know who made the distance out of those like 50 plus sprints back and forth. Like even Sun was huffing and puffing. Kane wanted to die. Um, my other issue is, or not issue, but comment about it is have them get into the flow of the system. This is the first preseason under Antonio Conte. Get them into the flow of the system. Make sure that everything works. If there's errors, so be it. But A, watch film, learn from it, so be it. Um, my other thing is Rick will definitely know because, not to hate on you guys, everybody else has been a fan, sorry, become a fan after the fact, but it was summer of 08. Yeah. We were undefeated, destroying everybody in preseason, and then we got two points in eight games, and Wande Ramos got fired, and we got uh, Rick's favorite manager to replace him and come and save the day. So, remember, kind of like what Alan Iverson would say, we're talking about practice. Um, though I agree with all that. The only thing I was going to say is that it's really nice to see Ivan Perisic since uh, you know, he's a Conte left back who knows what um, is required of a wing back in the system. And he looks like he's going to be really exciting this year. That's the one big thing I took from preseason besides guys getting hurt already. No, that that was that was nice to see, to see. Like um he's a world-class player. Uh we don't know how many minutes we're going to get out of him, but I think the minutes that we're going to get out of him are going to be good. Uh, well, to comment on that, he he kept saying how much he wanted to play in the league. Like this is his like last puzzle piece. He wanted to play in the Premier League. He wants to win trophies in the Premier League. So I'm super pumped about Persic being in this being the system. Go ahead, Rick. Well, people keep saying oh, he's 33 and everything else, right? Um he's super fit. He's coming to uh, what he knows is a very aggressive league. He's playing in the most exhausting position on the pitch. And he's playing with the manager, but an exhausting manager on players. So he knows that coming in. And he still came for nothing. You know, so uh, he must know that he can handle all of that, even though he is 33. And he must know he's going to be able to contribute. Because why would he do that? He could easily have gone to Germany or, you know, or France and take him an equally high paycheck and worked, you know, half as hard. But he didn't. He came to the hardest league in the world with the with the most exhausting manager, and 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 has declared that he's going to be, you know, good. And he knew what he was in for. And he knew what he was and he's in up, for. And he's up for the challenge. I mean, he was yeah. in Bayern. He wins a bunch of trophies at Bayern. He goes to Inter. They win a bunch of trophies at Inter. He, Conte comes to Tottenham. He's like, on a free, I'm coming to the Premier League and I'm coming to Tottenham. He could have, that, he could, he could have went to the MLS and had a bigger paycheck. Absolutely. And, and not worked 100% as hard. And right. that's the other thing. This is one of the intangibles I've always harped about with Spurs. Recent, or For the past five, seven years – we more or less had a lot of losers on the team. Hugo, he won the World Cup. Fair enough. But everybody else, they didn't really win anything. They got Perisic, got second place in the World Cup with Croatia. Huge run. Um, as Sai said, won Bayern, won Serie A with uh, Inter under Conte. Uh, I, aside from his play, I think the other reason why Conte brought or wanted to bring him in is because of the mentality. He's like... You know, you don't finish until the job is done. You got to keep going forward. You don't rest on your laurels type thing. A lot of players, they haven't been there and done that. He has. So, for me, I expect him to have that fast as- that leadership aspect for that, to keep that drive going. 
any other takeaways from the preseason? I'll be honest. Uh, I was in D.C. for one of them, and the internet in the hotel was kind of dying out. And then I saw a little bit of Rangers, and then, what was it, last Saturday, I saw, like, the second half, but I'm like, I have no idea what happened, so... Um, I think Roma kind of showed that we were crying for some creativity, especially with Mourinho, who we know loves to play a defensive system, defensive counterattack system. Um, um, I also, what we saw out of Zaniolo in that match, like uh, didn't impress me all that much that w- why we would be going for him. Um, I don't know that they want to let him go anyway, but um, th- that was like a, one takeaway that I had, like uh, – um, kind of left me wondering, is he really the guy? But I guess I have to, in Conte, we trust. And you're doing exactly what I told you not to do. You're making conclusions on preseason games. Well, uh, I'm entitled. <laughs> I, 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 I never made, uh, We're talking I, about I never made, a, made the statement that you shouldn't make conclusions. No, you shouldn't. Um, Absolutely. But I think you can, you can look at how somebody's performance is, their style of play, and, and get a sense they, of they, who they, they are as a person. He could have been told, don't go into tackles. We don't want you getting injured. Don't get involved. Just run around. I have actually a quick thing as well. So everybody knows my favorite player is Michael Dawson. Under uh, Pochettino with the first preseason... Michael Dawson started and played all 90 minutes of all the three games, and he left. So, as Rick said, this doesn't mean anything. Now, granted, for me, um, against Roma, Rangers, I feel, and we'll talk about this in the second half, of course, but I think we have a general idea of what the starting level 11 will be against Southampton on Saturday. So, But that's beside the point. Yeah. Any other ticks? Um, well, I think this is probably a, a good place to go to halftime. So in the second half, we are uh, going to talk about the 2022-23 uh, season schedule. Um, in general, just take a general look at that and talk about our uh, expectations for the season. Uh, we will preview the uh, Southampton match, um, and then we will actually make our season predictions as we do at the first mat- at the first episode of every season. First, we're going to go to half without a halftime segment, and then we'll return with some listener questions. Well, we're back at it. Um, I want to start this second half with uh, with our qu- listener questions. Uh, we got a lot of questions today. Thank you so much to everybody for contributing. It's good to be back. It's good to hear from all of our loyal listeners again. And we're going to start with uh, loyal, loyal, loyal listener Shubes' question. Hey, Shubes. Uh, hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully we'll see you again soon. Um, his question or his tweet is, Welcome back. When, you're ca- when you cast your minds back a year, what did you hope for for the 21-22 season then, and how have your hopes been shaped for the upcoming season 22-23? With COVID becoming less of an issue and events like Lady Gaga, example last or a week ago, or I guess also Guns N' Roses, filling in the coffers of the new lane, Will you be coming over more? Um, for me, I don't make great money, so probably that spring trip probably will do for me. But everybody else, anybody going to come more, whether it be for box or I know Rick's a boxing fan. I don't know if you're going to come for that. Um, other cons- or concerts. I, didn't you, Cy, didn't you go for the Bears game? I went for the Bears game. That's right. Um, the uh, yeah, actually the shoes. I'm tr- I'm looking to go fall and spring this year to answer your question. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking to make it out there twice. Um, but uh, I don't know, Rick. Are you going to make it over there? All? Um, there, there is a plan. Well, I won't go any further than that. But there is a plan for for me to go, uh, probably um, next year. Late uh, plan. 
Parliament of Fernando Alonso. Early early next year, there's a plan that might come to fruition. Cool. Jeff, how about you? Because I know that Peter owes you a uh, flight. He does. Thanks for reminding. You're welcome. Yeah, so we are. (laughs) You're welcome, Peter. I I think we are going to try to go this fall. You and your wife, I presume. No, me and Peter. He's got to. Oh, he's got to pay for it. Okay. Oh, you got to come with us this spring. So I'm in. uh, Out of (laughs) our, just so anybody knows, um, Catherine is our new. Is it president chairwoman? Chairperson. Chair. She's our chairperson for Chicago uh, Spurs. Was it two weeks ago? She's like, you want to head the trip again? I'm like, yes, gladly, because I plan on going. So. Um, she was, a bunch of us will probably meet you then. Um, I don't know where we'll go for bars and stuff, but presumably your foot will be healed by then. Uh, and for anybody that knows or is curious, we had about 15 of us that came uh, for the Burnley match. Um, things are looking up in terms of the pandemic, so I wouldn't be surprised there's at least 20 people. So, well, to, so that actually to answer Shub's question real quick. The, uh, what was your expectations of the last season? And I think, I mean, I don't think there's a single person on this panel that's going to be like, my expectations weren't to make the Champions League, but then when we did, holy hell. Because March, what were we in? Sixth, seventh place? And we were yeah. eighth points away from even being considered in there. And I think, not that we, not that any of us gave up by any means, but I, I thought Europa, we were all content at that point. And to, to have the end of that season was pretty remarkable. Oh yeah, and it's well for me definitely. Um, I'm like I, I, I'm like I'll settle for Europa, and then, you know, that Wednesday I'm flying out on following day's North London Derby, and I'm like, imagine if we beat Arsenal, Burnley. In theory, we should be able to take them, but like say we get the six points, run the table with that, and then I'm like, okay, this puts pressure on Arsenal. They lose, and I'm just like, and I'm watching it, you know, by Liverpool Street Station. I'm just like, holy crap. And, like, I mean, Rick predicted, he's like, Arsenal will falter. I'm like, you know, whatever, get the fuck out of here. But I'm like, it, they did, and somehow, I, I don't know. Like, and I, Rick and I have talked about it in the past, and he's mentioned it. It's like, we knew with Nuno, and at the time, it's like, this was going to be a rebuilding year. I mean, we're going to do predictions in a little bit. But I'm like, I do have higher hopes this year, of course. Yeah, one other prediction from last year. I thought we would win Europa Conference League. <laughs> Oops, that didn't work out either. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, it's hard not to have higher expectations. We have Antonio Conte as a manager right now. Um, We're we're buying players. We're we're starting to operate like a big club for a change. Um, And we're starting to shift our thinking from the way that we've always thought. So I think it's hard not to be excited as far as coming out. I, I hope to be able to try and pull something off in the spring. Um, I won't be able to this fall. I've got a trip to Portugal planned, but I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that maybe there's a opportunity there for a Champions League match while I'm on that trip because there, well, be there are matches in the group stage while I'm going to be in Portugal. So uh, maybe I can get lucky. Uh, I'm also flying through Germany, so maybe there's some opportunities depending yeah. on what group we end up in. So I'm going to be paying close attention to that, but, but definitely hope to, to come out in the spring if I can. Uh, Rick? Well, um, expectations for last year. Well, if you remember this time last year, we didn't have a manager. We were looking for a manager. Kane was trying to leave. Um, and the expectations this year compared to last year are monumentally different. Um, the way we finished the end of the season, and if you think we, 
we have improved the squad you know exponentially um you know we, we've got rid of players that weren't really playing and we bought players that will start you know and so in theory we should be better than we were and we were great by the end of the season um so god knows what you know what we can achieve it's, it, you know we we need to start well which i don't think we're going to do but we'll get to that um I, I think at some point in the season we're going we're going to be full of confidence and, and have momentum and we're going to be really really difficult to beat well let's move it along to our next question um and this question uh comes from one of our own uh uh, panelists or, or podcast members. So Scott asks us a question about the offside system. Yeah, um, not going to lie, Scott. I didn't look at the link because I saw it late. But Scott's question is, how do you think the new uh, system for offside will affect the game? Um, it said something about self-automated offside. If uh, some, uh, I'm a, Rick, can you elaborate on that? Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, one, it's not going to be in the Premiership this season. Um, it's only going to be in the World Cup. It's like a pilot program type it, thing. It, they always do it for the World okay. Cup. For some sure. reason, they always pilot these things in the World Cup. Um, what it is, there's multiple cameras um, that track every player, every player's position at all times. There's also a chip inside the football. Okay? So what happens is, when there's an offside situation going on, they mm. monitor the, the chip in the football and decide when it starts to accelerate. So they know at, which, at what point the ball is kicked. And then, because they're monitoring all the players' positions at all times, every player, they know, in theory, from the moment the ball is kicked, where every player actually is um, with coordinates. So um, whether that's the centre of the body or the arms or... Uh, I think they actually uh, pinpoint different parts of the body. So they have some monitoring the arms of the players, the feet of the players, the legs of the players, the heads of the players. So they know the exact coordinates of like the furthest part of the body of each player. So they'll know almost instantly whether a player is offside or not. So the system would be, if worked to perfection, it would make the call? Very quickly. Okay. So the reason they call it, they call it semi-automatic... So what will happen is there will be an automatic call that says offside or not offside. That won't be the decision. What will happen then is someone will then review um, the situation on the, on, on, with, a, with a string and say, oh yeah, okay, it didn't make a mistake or it did make a mistake. So they're, 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 just, they're having a human double check it, basically. That's the semi automatic okay. part but that human seems like they could make the error like are we going to no, trust no, no. the computer so, no, or no, no i'd like to no, introduce no. you to var no they're going to <laughs> they're going to defer to to the system is it gonna they're, they're just having the human just make sure that it didn't screw up you know but a player was over here and it didn't notice but this human though is it going to be the fourth referee or is it going to be like the nhl where they take it to toronto no it's going it's to be similar to var where they have a var referee and he'll, but he'll just review it to make sure nothing anomalous happened where it missed a player that was standing offside and it didn't see him. For like some the reason. player was in a blind spot yeah, or something. Or something. <laughs> yeah, something so weird. Just, just to have eyes on it to review it. Because right. that's my... So in, th- so in theory, 
um, the average time will go down from 50 seconds to 20 seconds. Okay. And that's an average time. And what they're saying is um, decisions will, will be made mostly within five seconds. Okay. Because that's my beef. I'm like, I mean, you know, technology, it's never perfect. So, like, I mean, if you can get good enough, you know, great. That, that, that's why they're having the but, human just look at it yeah, just to make sure it, it, it didn't screw up. My only, like, I know, Rick, you are a, at least a casual NFL fan. And, Anthony, I don't think you really are. But, like, Jeff and Cy, I know you guys are big fans, as am I. But I'm like, I don't know why they also just couldn't have, like, cameras, more cameras in, like, I don't know, 4K or whatever to make this easier as well. Because, like, for example, if it's, uh, you know, end zone plays and it's right on the sideline, and it's like you can see within – you know, a few centimeters. Well, that, you know? that, well that's the thing. Uh, with this new system, there's no lines drawn. There's no... We're, 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 li- we're drawing this line, and we're drawing this line, and we, it, do we, do we, that's not going to happen now. They're actually tracking, like I say, they're tracking the players' you know, bodies, okay. and we'll know instantly with coordinates where they are without lines being Right. Drawn. Yeah, I'm kind of curious. Well, I mean, I know, Anthony, you said you're probably not going to watch the World Cup uh, we don't have to delve into that, but like I have some other friends that won't. But I'm I like, didn't say that. I, I'll probably watch a oh. fair amount of it. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, <laughs> well, well, there's one game you're gonna watch. Uh, I'll definitely watch. <laughs> and on Thanksgiving, US, nonetheless. <laughs> well, the, the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, but. Good Friday or Black Friday. No, but uh, no, I'm I'm kind of curious to see how this goes because I mean, you know, like I said, if this is the pilot program with te- and technology. I wouldn't be surprised if there was a bunch of errors. Well, that's why they have the human. So, el- that's why they have the human element just to I make know, sure just, it doesn't screw up. No, I get that. It's just still, it's the twenty-second thing. It's great, but I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Well, I, I mean, have you have you, have you uh, seen uh, a tennis match recently? Yeah, which one? Where, where they have the, the, the they have the animation where the ball right it, yeah. it goes near. That's exactly what they're going to do. They're okay. going to have this animation thing where it says the ball is kicked at this point, this player is standing at this point, it's all going to be animated and they're going to, they're going to line it up and say, look, he's offside. And that's how it's going to be. Okay. Um, but like I say, because it's new technology, they're going to have the human element just to review it, um, just to make sure nothing anomalous happens. I think it might be better just because you're not looking at lines and saying, why is the referee making this horrible decision? Like, uh, if it's a computer, the, yeah, because, the, okay. a total computer decision. Well, because um, with, with that system, it's, it's all about where the lines are drawn. And it's like, you know, people always argue, oh, that line is not drawn in the right place. Well, it removes that. You know, there's no, there's no lines. It's all about the coordinates of the players. Yeah. Um, um, because then there were the arguments about oh the line is too thick and then they, they exactly. would do and then it's like well the frame rate isn't right on the picture it's it, like, exactly yeah, so, so, that, it. so that is not going to happen um, and the frame rate thing is a, a very good point and that's why they have the chip in the ball because if you just rely on the picture um, because they, it, uh, most cameras are 50 frames a second you can't actually determine when exactly the ball is kicked in some instances. So the ball. So for argument's sake, like you said, with the ball, if the sh- the shoe hits or makes contact, that's how they triangulate things. Well, so no, to speak. no, no. When, the moment they detect when the ball starts accelerating, so that when that chip, you know, from a from a point from a point the ball is kicked, the ball will start accelerating. Okay. And and they can detect when that that chip will send a signal 
it's sending a signal, I think, 200 times a second. And it says, OK, I'm, I've moved from here to here very quickly. And they, so they know it was kicked at that point. Okay. And then they can determine where the players were at that, at, at that point. And then we get the animation that says, the ball is here, the players are here, it's offside. Yeah, it's theory. We're not going to see it this year, but um, well, we are. We're gonna, it's going to be at the World Cup. Well, but we're not going to see it in the we're, Premier we're not League this see year. We're going to see the Premiership. No. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes there, and then uh, then we can probably formulate a better opinion. But it's a good conversation. Thanks for the question, Scott. Uh, let's move on to Kyle Mate's question. Uh, this one should be a quick one, but I think we'll have some fun stuff to say. Yeah, I know Rick will love this. Oh, um, but is it, uh, is it about Harry Winks? Wait, actually, which one? <laughs> he has two. Or should I just do both? Oh, uh, I guess do both. I only saw okay. one question. Uh, Kyle's first question is, will you guys tune into Arsenal or All or Nothing series? Um, no, I don't really care enough. It's also All for Nothing, I guess, if you want to think about it. There's oh, at least one episode, right? I, actually, you know what? Two. Yeah, I kind of want to see the, the heartbreak for that. Let's see how that goes. Minimum one. And then uh, Kyle's other question, um, discuss the scuba away kit for this year. Um, for, for the first question, um, I don't want to watch it. I don't need to watch it um, because all the memes are coming out about the stupid things that Arteta is doing in training, um, like playing Anfield music and speakers and telling the players, you're now at Anfield. Play like you're playing at Anfield. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it, 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 they're just setting themselves up for, for being ridiculed. It's, it's stupid. I never mind them being ridiculed, though. Uh. Keep um, going. Yeah, it, it seems dumb to me. I, I mean, I don't think I'll find myself tuning in. I might wa- watch some clips online that people say, like, when they're making fun of it. But yeah. I don't know if I have the time I, to I, actually watch I, myself. I, as Tommy would say, I couldn't care less. Yeah. It is funny watching Arteta collect all the ex-City players that he can. I mean, the only guys he's actually familiar with. So. I mean, that's kind of what... Prize he's been doing with Syria, so, so what I can't blame. Oh, but the other, uh, what was your second question? Scuba kit, away kit. Oh, I like it. I'm really, and I don't care who 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 knows it. I actually like it. Hell yeah, Rick. I'm with Rick. I like it too. And it's not, there's not many of us out there. I I hate the yellow socks with it. Like I I don't mind the. I can deal with the shirt if we took away those bright yellow socks. That it's just very difficult to watch. Um, that being said, like if, if 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 we win a competition wearing this kit, then I, I'll probably go out and buy one. But you will like, go out and buy yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, no, and I don't buy very many kits, but well, I, I hate it. But I'm I'm excited for the third kit. If the leaked third kit is accurate, oh, oh I can't wait for that thing to come. Out. I'll, so I'll fill in for Lucas here because we talked about him, but he said he's definitely getting that jer- that kit, and I'm like, but for me, I'm like. It kind of looked like a template where you just, it's like, you know where you could do uh, Microsoft Paint and you kind of draw a bunch of lines and then you just, I forget what that button is, but like you click a certain part of the kit and then you just fill in that color of everything. It seems like this is what it it is. <laughs> um, but overall, I'm like, is it the ugliest kit we've had? No. I still think the uh, Home 2009-2010 uh, kit is the worst kit I've ever seen from Spurs. Granted, uh, Peter Crouch did score with that kit and got us in Champions League, but that's beside the point. Um, as Jeff said, the rumors of the third kit, I hope, come to fruition and is true because um, home kit, I'm like, I mean, it's not bad, but I'm like, yeah. And like, I know what Spurs, like the traditionally, it's like, you know, white kit and that's it. But 
the third kid, I'm like this. I'm like, I hope it happens because this year I was planning on getting you know a day on kid anyway. So <laughs> well, hopefully it, it happens. It happens every year, and every year um, I, I'm I'm notorious for hating um, everything. No, for, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, for a hating kit talk. I could care, you know, I have no interest in what the kit looks like or what it doesn't look like, whether it's good or bad. I have no interest. And people are always excited when the kits come out. And people are always excited when the kits come out, and they always hate it. And they always buy it. And at some point, they always love it. And it happens every year. And I would say, case in point, the one of the more controversial kits of recent time was the third kit of uh, first year of Under Armour, 2012-13, with the uh, half gray, half black. And apparently it's like pe- like now in hindsight, people love it. So I think how Anthony said, if we win a trophy with this, yeah, it'll be a different story. But also it's kind of like, let's see it in action aside from uh, Roma last weekend. You know, it, it, regardless, it'll probably grow on people anyways. Well, in tr- Try it with some like black socks for me, maybe. <laughs> I, I I I think I could tolerate it better, but that's just well, me. Well, I mean, the idea of a kit is to be highly visible, and you know, you want to be able to pick your players out from your position players, and the background, the crowd, the you know, the digital screens are all at the edge of the pitches and whatever. So the so the more garish the kits, actually, the better. You know. So you can pick out your own player. Well, City certainly does this. Maybe maybe there's something to it. Uh, maybe this will help us uh, pu- push us across the line, and and we'll talk about our predictions later well, in the well. There is the there episode. is the there is the, the, the very notorious story about um, uh, Man United playing away to Southampton, and they played in a grey kit in the first half, and the players came in. Um, they were three 0 down. And they came in and they said to the manager, we can't see each other. We're playing in grey. And we were 3-0 down. And I can't remember what the score was. I think they drew, they drew the game 3-3. But they changed the kit at half-time. And they drew the game. I think, I think they drew 3-3 at the end of the game. I didn't think you were allowed to change kits uh, once the match was started. Manchester United under, oh, under Alex Ferguson... They could basically they do, could do whatever, whatever the fuck they want, apparently. <laughs> yeah, but I, yeah, I don't think that's because you're not even allowed to change your yeah, boots I, choice at, like, yeah, I, I, at I, halftime. Like I, if, I if doubt, you pick I, the boots, you're stuck with them. I doubt you're allowed to do it now, but at that time, yeah, you know. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, the Fergie rules. Yeah, but Fergie. um, but uh, great, great conversation there. Um, uh, we, we're gonna have one more question when we talk about Southampton, which is what we're about to do. So, um, we have real live. Uh, <laughs> Matches that that matter to talk about now, and and this weekend we take on uh, South, Southampton at home, um, nine a.m. here in Chicago. Uh, a good kickoff time. I'm expecting it to be huge crowds here. Obviously, we don't have anything to talk about how they performed prior. Obviously, we didn't have the best results against them last year, so we have a bit of a a, a lot to prove here. Um, but let's uh, let's talk for just a minute about the um, uh, lineup expectation. You know, we have some players like Rick Carlson who's not available um, because of a uh, card that he had received last season. Um, which, we ha- which I actually find is actually stupid. You get a card at the end of one season. I mean, you're you're punished for the following season. It, 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 that just seems ridiculous to me. But well, not because it's our player, and not because it's Rick Carlson. I, I just think that's ridiculous. Well, plus they waited. 
to give him the suspension until after you know he had made sure Everton stayed up. Yeah, which I know Burnley is still freaking out about it. They keep talking about suing the Premier League. So, but no, that whole money thing was that. pretty weird. Yeah, uh, well, th- th- that part was weird. So we know he's not available. Um, we we have some injuries like uh, Skip, which we'll talk about with a question in a minute. Um, what do you guys always expect for this lineup given the circumstances? And we can talk about the, some of the circumstances as we converse. Uh, Sai? Sure. I'll give you my – how about just my 11 uh, to make it easy. Kane in the middle, Son on the left, uh, Decky on the right, and then uh, Bentacor in the middle with Hoybear. I think it's going to be your starters there. And on the left, it's – well, it's okay, – that's the hard uh, – on the right, I think it's going to be Doherty. I think that's the kind of the, the weird one. Um, on the left, it's going to be is is Pierce is he's he's ready to go right. So yeah. Yeah, if he's ready to go, then he's uh, he's my he's my guy on the left left wing back. Um, then it then it's going to be Lenglet and um, Dyer and, and Dyer and Romero. Yeah, Romero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've uh, I would agree. Hugo. Most. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Fred. Hugo. Hugo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can't forget about Fred. Forget about forget about Fred. Fred Ray Hugo. Yeah, he's going to be uh, no one calls him Fred. I call him Fred. <laughs> Lucas calls him Fred. Sam calls him Fred. Okay, for our, for uh, Max calls him Fred. For, for our, so for, there's four of us. For, for our users, uh, for our listeners that don't understand why you call him Fred, why do you call him Fred? <sighs> You're like Catherine. Short she, she'll ask me like she asked me like ten times already. She's like I keep forgetting. But anyways, um, for the British listeners, such as Shubes, they'll understand a little bit more. But uh. So there's this show in the UK on Channel 4 called First Dates. And the gist of it is people have first dates and there's cameras affixed everywhere. But the maitre d', which is a.k.a. the uh, front of the house manager, um, his name is Fred Syriac. So if you Google it, S-I-R-I-E-X. He is French, if you couldn't tell, but he looks like Hugo Lloris 15, 20 years from now. So that's why I call him Fred. And I was watching it with Lucas back uh, during the pandemic, or he the pandemic, burned through a lot of episodes, and I'm like, does he look like Hugo? And he's like, yeah. So a lot of people agree with me. If you don't like it, tough. I'm still going to call him Fred. <laughs> All four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and as an example, um, I told Peter I was going to do this at the Burnley game um, when Hugo made a great save, and I just look at him like, Fred, Fred, Fred. So, Yeah. Great yeah. story, Tommy. Oh, but uh, sorry. I, I'd be more excited about it if I hadn't heard it like six oh. times. But oh, and, sorry, bro. and also, I found five dollars after that. Who doesn't like that? Um, might be more of a twenty dollars story, but no. Uh, with sigh with your lineup, I don't disagree. I wouldn't be so. So you're saying if I give you twenty dollars, I don't have to hear the story again? No, after I tell the story, I found twenty bucks. But actually, yeah, maybe yeah, another twenty. Might after he tells yeah. the story, you have to pay him twenty dollars. Yeah. So no. Um, I agree with your lineup in general. I, I think Hoiberg is going to start. I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if Basuma starts ahead of Bedencore. I like uh, that Basuma. He's out. He's picking yeah, up the Fuck. Okay. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Then what you said is good. Um, <laughs> I would. I would have said Skip, but then I'm not, or I, I could have been inclined to believe Skip, but then we'll talk about. We'll that. talk about that too. Here's question, but yeah, he's injured, but. Uh, but I think under optimal conditions, I wouldn't. I would say Basuma would have had the nod over uh, Bencore personally. But yeah. Anybody else? Who? What does anybody have to say? Would Anybody's- you think we would ever see Basuma and Bencore and and no Hoybier? 
Yeah, I think Bettinger is, is like the nailed on um, midfielder. Really? All things being I equal. think Hoiberg's more – I know he's been inconsistent in times, but I'm like, you can't substitute enthusiasm and effort in that position, I don't think. He, he can pick out a pass when he needs to. He does have an eye for a goal at certain times. He does have a tenacity about him. So I think out of the two center midfielders, I think he's the biggest lockout of all. But would you consider Bendecor a holding midfielder? Like, Hoiberg is a holding midfielder. He's a, he's a general in the back. You're not expecting yeah. him to charge forward. He does, but very rare. I, you have to have somebody who's going to create and somebody who's going to hold. I think that's more Basuma, though, is he not? I think Basuma creates, but I don't know well enough. Maybe somebody else could speak. But, he, but no, I, I agree with you. I think Basuma's going to become more the creative guy that but we're he, looking for. But here's the other thing, though. When you, have, when you do a 3-4-3 like this, if you don't really need a true central midfielder. You can have the guy that goes forward like, a Luka, like how he had with Luka Modric. But like, if you have just a water carrier and just distribute whether it be to the wings or to the wingbacks – or to Dayon and Son, like that's per- I think that's perfectly fine as well because that that that'll be the outlet. Yeah, I, I I think we've got a lot of flexibility, but that flexibility in this particular match is not necessarily yeah. there with 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 the especially with the skip injury, which is where I want to go next. And we have a question, our final question of the day, which comes from uh, the pub's own Peter, um, asks us uh, about skip. Yes. Um, hey, Peter, what's up? Uh, see you Saturday. His question is, the only downer to my overwhelming positive preseason vibes has been to the been the disappointing injury news about our lad Skip. Ridiculously unfair questions have been already asked about his ability to stay fit, but in reality, he's one, he's one unlucky early season injury away from that moniker starting to stick. Thoughts? Um, I'll say my piece. I, I don't know who the physio or the doctors are, but they must suck. And hear me out, because with Lamella, it took them three months to finally decide, let's operate on him. Same with Harry Kane, they're like, and once the pandemic hit and everything was locked down, they're like, okay, we'll operate on you. And I'm like, what are these people doing to help um, repair and rehabilitate these players? I, th- I think I'm more inclined to believe it's the physios and the medical staff right now, because We've had all these random injury, like Harry. I know Harry Kane's gone through a lot of wear and tear. He starts every game, but like before, almost every season, he's had an injury and had missed at least three, four games, give or take. So I'm like, what is this medical staff doing? I don't necessarily disagree with you on the the physio staff possibly being an issue, but I can't. Don't think we can bring it into question with the skip injury. There wasn't this like a spike to the toe. Well, yeah, the the latest one was a guy stamped on his. Oh, and that wound up causing a hairline fracture. The first one, he wasn't even here. He was with Norwich on loan. He got hurt at the end of that season. And oh, then, so he was, this was an ongoing and then the, injury. The injury then. to his nether regions that happened last year, that was on our watch. Okay. Yeah. Well, even so, I'm st- I mean, I guess these are all isolated incidences, so to speak. But I'm, but, like, but I'm like, with his groin, I'm like, were they – I mean, is he fully healed? I don't know. But or, I think Peter's right. It's not like – I, I wouldn't say he's injury prone, but he sure seems to be snake bit. I yeah, mean, and these are all. Yeah, snake bit is a better way to put it. It's not the same part of his prone. body either. It's not like Ledley King. Right, what, what I would say to Tommy's comment about the medical staff um, 
for the past five, six, seven, eight years, our squad has been threadbare every year. It's always been at the absolute minimum. So if we lost one player, it was disastrous. So the medical staff have always been under pressure to get the players back as quickly as possible. So to avoid, you know, so they avoided surgeries. But then it obviously it, it was a situation where they tried to avoid the surgery and then couldn't and then had the surgery. And then the player was out for that amount of time. Now that we've got a full squad, I don't think that's going to be an issue anymore. It's going to be like, we can let the players rehabilitate properly and let them have the surgery if they need to have the surgery because we've got backups. Before, we never had backups. We never had a replacement for Lamella. We never had a replacement for Harry Kane. And that was always the issue. There was always pressure on the medical staff to get these players back as soon as possible. I, I can agree with that to a certain degree, but also that the underlying issue is while we had some money to spend, why aren't we buying players? Because like, and Peter's going to laugh about this again and roll his eyes, but I've always blamed Pochettino for not buying players because he's always like, I'm happy with the squad I have and all this other bullshit. So I'm like, if we know like Harry Kane's going to be injured, give or take a few games a season, Eric Lamella has chronic injuries for argument's sake why aren't we getting backups or reinforcements or a wing like for example like with Lamel, why can't we have a winger that plays both sides and well, then once Lamel is injured we slot that person in as a right winger well that that was always the ideal situation which never happened but now we've got Richarlison We've signed a 60 million pound striker when we've already got two of the world best strikers already now son now, is not a striker uh, he scored 23 goals. He's a fucking that striker. Does, you're telling me Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi are true strikers? They're not. They score lots of goals. I don't, I don't care. You can, I, I think it doesn't necessarily matter in the you modern can, you can game. Argue, it depends upon your system. Whether, you can argue about... You can oh, yeah, but I'm like... A true you, to, you, can argue like about, you can argue about labels. Son can, son can lead a team if he has to. Right. You can argue um, about... You can argue whether about, you'd call him a striker or not, but uh, we might suffer in particular yeah, matches. You, I, you can argue about labels all you want, okay? But when one of our main goal scorers, I'll put it that way, is now right. injured... We now have a 60 million pound replacement that can yeah, now, that can come in, and we can give that player whoever it is, whether it's Son or Kane or Kudelski or whatever, the time to heal or knee surgery. They can get it now because we've got someone to come in. I, Rick, I totally agree. I, Tommy, I think you're way over fucking doing this. Honestly, the I mean, staff, probably the, the staff is. I'm sure they're an incredible staff. Honestly, I mean, they're more and, qualified than me, but that's well. I'm that's, not comparing yeah, them that's to you. Yeah, that's a whole other story. It's not your business, but uh, it. Rick's right. We have way more talent. We have, we have way more depth. These guys can take a little more time that we haven't been able to do. I mean, Conte played basically eleven men for six months. I mean, he was forced to make changes when he had to during the season. He started the exact same lineup every week. It was it was unbelievable that we finished the way we did last year. Oh yeah. But the 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 point is is that Skip has had a couple – not reoccurring, opposite of reoccurring – injuries that are just random things. This toe with the boot to the toe that cut deep and he has a hairline fracture, I mean, that is just unlucky. And Skip, I think we were all pretty damn pumped about Skip this year. Like, he was really going to be able oh, to yeah, fit in. He, he was growing into himself. I, I, I'm still pumped about him. I think this is going to be a month. Hopefully, it's just a month. Hopefully, it's a full month, actually, where he's out and we have – 
you know, our midfield's fine, everybody else is healthy, and we're going to move on from there. And then when Skip comes back, we're going to be like, holy shit, we have Skip. Yeah, but the flip In side is the now we got Harry Winks on the bench. So. We're not going to see Harry Winks. So let's not even yeah. start. Uh, no, well, somebody's got to be on the bench. No, right? we're going to see him, but like, hopefully it's just he's, bare he's, minimum. He's on the bench now, but whether he's going to be on the bench in about a month's time is another matter. Right. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it's... It really is just the homegrown issue. Like we're holding on to Skip until we have a replacement homegrown player. And, uh, Winks. and Winks. I'm sorry, Dace, I'm sorry. We're holding on to Winks until we have a homegrown player. We're definitely holding on to Skip because he's homegrown and he's fantastic. But um, I'm not worried about these injuries. Like it's he, he's going to be fine uh, eventually, and I bet you we, we won't see very more frequent injuries and even if we do like he's a rotatable player at this point and and you know what like uh, he can just take up the roster spot while we while he recovers and we've got uh uh three or four other guys that can play that position and hopefully we have another creative player that comes in in that position but but we'll see well, what we do he's, skip is not a starter now he's, he's not even if he was 100 percent fit he's not a starter he's not you know he he's um uh, you know, substitute and um, um, when we're playing inferior teams, he he may start a game or two, but you know he's not going to start against. So, so curious, why, why do you say that, Rick? Because, I, I, because we've got Basuma, we've got Holberg, we've got Benton Court. He's not going to start. Do you think Hoiberg is that much better than Skip at full strength? Um, yeah. Okay. Right, I personally right, don't think it's right. Right that now, far. Yeah. Right now, it's not. It's not far, but right now, yeah. Okay. I, I would agree with you, Sai. I don't think there's that much of a difference. I, and I actually think that uh, Skip has more room for, uh, for growth. than like, I think Hoybier is about the player that he's going to be. Like, we're not and, gonna, and a great player at that. It's a great player, but like, he's not going to get any better. Like, Skip could grow and become an even more impressive, talented player down the road. Right, and the, if you remember last year when Skip got hurt, everybody's disappointed because we wanted to see the Skip Bettenker midfield, which we never got to see and still haven't gotten to see. So it'd be interesting when we can finally see it. Yeah. No. Well, one last point about Rick's point was that, like, the injuries, we can, we can sustain injuries. But, like, when's the last time that Harry Kane went down, which is often – actually, last year I think he was healthy all year. I, yes. I, but, Feels like know, first time in a while. Right. But, I mean, we can bring him Charleston – to play that position. When's the last time you could say we've done that? I mean, Soldado days or... Uh, Lorente. 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 Yes and no. I no mean, one, don't fucking slam Lorente. I'm so tired of people slamming Lorente. Oh, not. And I'm not saying you were going to slam Lorente. But he was so pivotal. Pivotal. That, uh, especially in that last match against Ajax, a bunch of his touches at Man City. But let's not go there. That's, we're not going to talk about the old shit. But um, I, I just think Richarlson is going to be such a big, big deal to this team that... Yeah, sixty million dollars, six million pounds on the bench. He's not going to be on the bench. He's going to be playing a lot of matches, probably more than fifty percent. So, oh yeah, I wouldn't with him. I wouldn't be surprised if there is a platoon, um, or and like maybe if Sun will, depending on the opposition, Sun will finally get a rest. Yes. And Harry. Yeah. So I'm like, but well, well, Sun will get a rest when we're playing deep line teams, which he can't run in behind. Or a, match, well, a match when you play Richarlison and Harry yeah. Kane well, and, the, and put crosses in. Oh, and the other argument, though, is under Conte and, Mar- or, and Mourinho, he played left wing. But 
under Pochettino, he'd play on the right. So Decky might be the one seeing, or he might get subbed out more. Oh, 100%. Which, so, I, and so we would see from left to right with Charleston, Kane, and then Son. So, well, that's the thing about Decky, because you've got, you've got, you know, people are very, very excited about Decky. He's 22. Of course. He's not, you can't play him every game. You, you just right. can't. Um, you know, you can play him, you know, once a week or whatever, but when, when we start playing twice a week, you can't play him twice a week. You can't. He's 22. You can't do it. Well, Decky's shown uh, unbelievable composure in that last bit of the year for oh, us. Yeah. I mean, it really got us to uh, an unbelievable spot, but... We've been watching with Charleston for a long time in the Premier League now. And I, for one, was super excited when we signed him. I mean, he reminds me of a Lamella that is extraordinarily skilled and has all the bruising, like, go-after-yourself attitude that you kind of need from a couple of players on the pitch. And it's going to be nice to see somebody, like, just even in that match in the in – the, um, uh, in uh, South Korea where they got into it and Lamella was actually oh, on Sabia. our side which is oh yeah against Sevilla when Lamella was actually on our side um, but it just it, it's amazing like having those guys in the team and to be able to capitalize and to contribute are just unbelievable well yeah. plus I mean Richarlison is that kind of guy that you know you hate when he's against your team but you love when he's on your team completely and yeah I think we're all going to be huge fans of him yeah, by you, the end of you, the year you need some alpha males to 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 um, quell the uh, aggression of the opposition. But Rick Carlson is not going to be available for this match, so I think this is probably a good point for us to go to predictions on this uh, the, the Southampton. And, and you can also give a little bit about what your expectations are, like uh, like what we might face. But let me, let me start with uh, Jeff first, and what's your prediction for this Southampton match? Well, first, Rick said I have to remind everyone that we lost to Southampton at home last year first. But my prediction this year is that we win, and I think uh, for nothing, actually. I think we come out strong out of the gate. And so you, th- you, you think we're going to be playing aggressive? Are they going to be playing defensive? Or are they? I, you know, it's the, first, it's the first match of the season, so everybody's going to be trying to do those things. I mean, Southampton was kind of a mess by the end of last year, and I didn't see that they really strengthened themselves at all this year. So I would imagine, you know, we'll still be able to, well, we'll do better against them than we did last year. But um, I would think under a Conte full training camp, like we just had full off season, that we're going to be better disciplined and organized than they are. Uh, Tommy? Oh, actually, Jeff, who scores? Oh, I got to do that now, too. Kane twice, Son once. I'm going to say Perisic with the fourth. Uh, okay. Uh, t- tell me, what do you have? Um, Rick might know. Rick will probably know. But I can't remember the last time we've had utter and total domination on opening day. But um, I'm going to say – I'm going to kind of – I say we win, but I'm going to kind of – you know, this is like a you know first game of the year, kind of send out some feelers. Um, but I'm going to go with the old dependable uh, 2-0 win – and Kane and Son score. Um, now I'm also reminding myself, uh, Kane is a little risky for the most part in August. He usually doesn't heat up until September, but let's see how he does on Saturday. Sounds good. Uh, and and you think they'll play defensive against us? Or? Well, Southampton under, what, Hassan Huddle? Is that how you say his name? It's like he comes from the Red Bull system, so they play open-ended. So I wouldn't be surprised. Like, if... You know, with Jeff's prediction of 4-0, I mean, 
like the way our squad's built, because we have a lot left over still from Pochettino, we are meant to destroy and beat teams that are open-ended. Yeah. And that play open. So if 4-0 happened, I wouldn't be surprised, but I'm going to play a little more conservative. Uh, Sai? So I'm going to be a little less optimistic. I am, We are going to get a win. Um, I think it's going to be a scarier win. I think it's going to be 3-2. Um, I am a little nervous in the back on the opening. If Lengley, I mean, he hasn't really seen a lot of – if he starts, he hasn't seen a lot of minutes with that defense. He hasn't shown me he's defensively capable. His long ball is great. I mean, it almost reminds oh, yeah. me of uh, Edivar at, at times. It, it, I think we're going to score a lot of goals. I almost wanted to say 4-2. But I just think it's going to get a little itchy. And I think we're going to give up a couple goals that are him and Dyer are going to get not be in sync and something's going to happen and it's going to be a little rough. Um, I think it's going to be Kane with two. And I think um, I'm going to say Prisic is going to score the last goal to win it in his I, debut. I, I would love that. That would be fun to watch. Uh, Rick, uh, what do you have? <laughs> um, I'm going to forego, forego my normal prediction of 6-0. Um, 7-0? No. Oh, okay. I'm going to agree with you, Tommy. I think it's going to be 2-0. And I think it'll be... He said 2-1. No, I said 2-0. Oh, you said 2-0? Okay. I'm going to agree with Tommy and say 2-0. And it's going to be Perisic and Sun. Yeah, Kane is not going to score. Okay. Um, I'm with you guys uh, on what to expect. Um, And I think Jeff's prediction is not far off because of the style of play that we're expected to see. But... But I just think it's going to be a little bit hairy, like our preseason. We're still feeling each other out. Some of the new players that will be there, even though most of the squad's going to be the same from last year. I think we're just going to have to get into sync a little bit with this first match. I think it's going to be a 2-1 victory. Um, I think we are going to get a goal from Sun. Um, and I think... Uh, Perisic is going to give us a goal, like Sai said. Um, I think Kane's not good for one for uh, another couple uh, weeks. Um, uh, You have a final thought? Yeah, I just want to add one thing. Um, The way Southampton play is they're high pressing, you know, closing down kind of team. They don't play it. They don't play defensively. They don't play a high line. They just like to close you down. They are very prone, um, and it's happened. Uh, Tommy will remember this, but it's frequent that they get hammered. Um, yes. You know, seven, eight nil. It's happened multiple times, and that's because when they they play this high press, when they don't do it properly, and they're tired or injured or whatever, or it's the fresh season. Or well, normally at the beginning of the season they're okay because they can high press because everybody's fit and healthy. Um, so it doesn't. They don't usually get hammered at the beginning of the season, but it's usually at some point in the season they they get hammered. You know, by eight or not. I think Leicester beat them nine 0 yeah. at one point. And it's the only style they play too. Yeah, it's not that at times they play like a relaxed back so, line so, or whatever. So what you're going to see from them is very high pressing, closing down, and we have to deal with that. And that's um, um, that is if you look at the teams we played in preseason. That's exactly what we dealt with in every one of those games. I think they have a couple of injuries too. I couldn't name you the players, but they do have a couple of mm. injuries. Hopefully, Ward Prowse is injured. 
No, you it's like not, he always Word, has Word, WordPress is uh, available, I think, uh, to my understanding. But the, but it should be an interesting. I can't wait to watch this match. Um, we did kind of skip like talking about the um, the season schedule, but we're starting to run long. So I think I just want to have a very before we do our uh, season predictions. Um, I just want to have a very quick conversation about maybe these first five matches. You can talk about like how the schedule looks overall. Obviously, we're not going to know how it's all, all going to shake out until we get the Premier League schedule and then like the League Cup draw happens and those, uh, and we get a sense of like how congested we're going to be moving forward. So yeah. we can't really look at the the long schedule and really see anything. But we can yeah because of Champions League games as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Champions League, League Cup will come up and then FA Cup in the the second half of the year. Um, so it's tough to say like what the overall schedule looks like now in the second half, but we can look at these first five matches. Uh, and how are you guys feeling? So we, we take on Southampton this week, weekend. Next Sunday, Chelsea, that's the, the kind of tough one. Um, then we play uh, Wolves, and that's away, Chelsea. Um, we take on Wolves at home the following Saturday, August 20th. We play Forest on, uh, away on uh, Sunday, August 28th, and then Wednesday, August 31st, we take on West Ham away. So a couple away fixtures later, um, uh, but Wolves, uh, um, Nottingham Forest, obviously not necessarily tough sides, but Wolves did uh, handle us well one match last season. Rick, uh, how are you feeling? Um, the opposition... Um, with 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 Conte and our new you know and our new players and our new uh, squad, I don't think the opposition matters. Okay, it really depends how we play. If we can play as well as we were at the end of last season with the with the extra players, I don't think anybody can beat us. Honestly, um, I, I think we. I I don't mean we're going to win every game. That's not what I mean. What I mean is we can beat anybody. Anywhere, we can beat Liverpool at Anfield. We can beat Man City at the Etihad. We can beat anybody anywhere. So it really depends on how we play. We need to stop making uh, like uh, those boner mistakes against teams yeah, that we should we, be we, able. We to need to win. stop playing down to the opposition. We need to, um, you know, uh, realize that we're a good side with a good manager, and the opposition needs to be scared of us, not the other way around. They I, are. I, I, they I, are. Um, I'll give you a point total, actually. I, I think we're going to get 10 of 15 to start, and it's going to be a little bumpy. I do think we're going to lose on the road to Chelsea, um, and I think we're going to draw to West Ham. Uh, the other ones I have wins. But um, I think Rick's dead right, and, and, and it comes down to mentality as well, Rick. I, I think that it, not only this panel needs to believe that we're a big club. I think the team is starting to believe that we're a big club. We need to believe we're a big club. So – once we have that mentality and we go into any place, whether it's Ethiad or, or anywhere else, like it's time to win. We can win. We're just as good as them. Let's, let's fucking go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, Tommy? I'll be brief. Um, I mean, yeah, Rick, what Rick said is true. But like with Chelsea, it's away. I'm actually glad that's the second match because <clears throat> we can get that out of the way. Um, you know, <clears throat> depend. I mean, we'll see how the team plays against Southampton, and I'll reassess from there. But like right now, if we get a tie against Chelsea, I'll gladly take it. Um, West Ham, I thought they were going to tail off last year just because they've never strung two great or very good season in a row by their standards. But David Moyes is kind of he's performed some miracles, minor miracles there. But 
<clears throat> depending on how that goes, like if we get a tie there, I, I'd probably take it as well. But, um, but I mean, realistically speaking, I mean, we'll talk about more in like uh, top six prediction. Chelsea hasn't really reloaded that well, um, whether because of new owners or whatever. So, I mean, in theory, I mean, aside from how good our team can be, and if they if they're lights out that day, I mean. In theory, and our track record is a lot left to be desired at Stanford Bridge, but you know, on paper, we can definitely get three or three points is not out of the question. Um, yeah, Chelsea's the tricky one in this opening batch, right? Because they've had the hoodoo on us for several years now. It would be huge psychologically for this team to beat Chelsea. Amen. I think if we win that second game at Stan- Stanford Bridge, then the sky's the limit. Yeah, everybody yep. better walk out. If exactly. We, if we win that game. And our confidence levels will just go right through the roof. I don't know that we will. I would be happy with the draw. But if we were to win it, I'd say watch out. The other game I'm interested in, not so much because we're playing them, but just how they're going to do this year is Forest. Because of the three teams that got promoted, they're the most interesting ones. They're the ones I think could could be um, a yeah, pain they, for they people in the Premier League this year. They bought like 12 yeah, players. They, they, spent, they spent yeah. a lot. And they obviously they do very well against Arsenal. So, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, Arsenal, who plays Friday this week- weekend and oh, and that. takes on Crystal Palace uh, uh, on the road, so um, they could be at the top of the league by the time we play our match against Southampton this weekend. On, on a personal note, I absolutely hate Forest. Really? Yes. I didn't know anybody had a strong opinion about. It. What did Michael Dawson do to you? <laughs> because of um, because of ninety one. <coughs> Oh, like there was a red card, right? And that injured. Yeah, but they Paul, Paul Gascoigne got injured, Paul, so he's out for like a year and a half. Gascoigne got injured. They were playing really rough and tumble and horror. They scored a terrible goal against us, where they, you know, they had players in the wall and they fouled the players in the wall. And then the player that was taking the free kick took a shot and he went straight through the gap that they fouled to, to get, you know, to make the hole open in the wall. It was hard. It was. It, we won the FA Cup that year against them. But it was a horrible game, and they played so dirty, and I really, really hated them ever since. Okay. Well, um, uh, any th- final thoughts on these first three matches? And and I do think we're probably thir- 13 points would be great <laughs> through those. Um, I, I think mean, I, to be fair, I'll gladly, t- as I said, if we get 10 points out of it, at least we come out of the gate relatively strong. Yeah. So I'm... I wouldn't complain too much. And there's probably going to be a lot of hiccups coming into this season with a lot of teams with a lot of new players that are at the top. So it's it, everybody's going to be feeling each other out early on and we get a kind of easier combination. But we have to go into our season predictions. Uh, so every year we make our predictions and then we look at them in the last episode of the season after the season's wrapped up. Um, and this has to do with both Spurs and uh, just the league in general. Um, so we are going to go through those categories. Um, uh, we don't have uh, – we're going long, so we can't spend a lot of time on this. So let's, I'm just – Let's do – you read it out and we'll do quick fire. Yeah, and we'll do we'll, – I'll read it out and we'll do quick fire. Yeah. Um, so uh, season predictions, we'll start with the league first for Spurs. Where, the, where do Spurs finish in the, the league? Second. Jeff has second. Uh, Tommy? Third. Sai? Uh, Second. Uh, Rick? Second. I'm going to go out on a really big limb and say first. Uh, I, I just got a weird feeling that weird shit could happen this season, and I'm 
hopeful. Uh, okay, so uh, next, where do we finish in the Champions League, Jeff? Uh, round of 16. Round of 16, that would be nice. Uh, Tommy? Quarterfinals. Quarterfinals, I like it. Uh, right. uh, uh, Sai? Quarterfinals as well. And Rick? No, we're going we're gonna to lose to Real Madrid in the semis. <laughs> I'm going to say, because I'm predicting that we win the league, we don't do so well in this competition, I say we go out in the group stage. Um, but I would be fine with that if we won the league. Um, uh, next, let's go to the FA Cup. Uh, Jeff? Winners. Winners of the FA Cup. Oh, that would be fun. Uh, I, I, that would be a great day out at the pub. Uh, Tommy? I like the optimism that I'm seeing semifinal. Okay. Uh, I got winners Sorry. as well, Jeff. And uh, Rick? Uh, we're going to play Forest in the final. We're going to beat them 2-1. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> <laughs> I had quarterfinals with, with FA Cup, um, again, because I have us winning the league. Um, um, and then League Cup is the last one for us. Uh, I have winners on this one, too, so I'm catching my bets. Ooh, <laughs> it's going to be one we of got those two winners. Two. Oh, okay. Uh, Tommy? I say winners as well. Cy? Semis dumped by Liverpool. No, fuck this competition. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna put out the kids and get dumped out early. Yeah, and uh, what? So third round? Yeah, first game. Okay. Uh, I had, um, uh, I had semis for this one, um, uh, but I don't think we go as deep as we could. Um, but but we kind of uh, earlier season we last a little bit longer. Um, okay, so the next thing that we go to is the top six for the league. So give me your your, your top six order. Jeff. All right. City, Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, United, Newcastle. Wait, you said that too fast. Come on, write it down. Write it City down, Tommy. City, Spurs. Oh. Uh, City, Spurs, Chelsea. Chelsea, Liverpool, Pool, United. United. Newcastle. Well, you have Liverpool pretty low. I just think Liverpool's due for a correct. I mean, they've had a real good run, but... Nobody stays like that. Yeah. Not City, but they can buy the moon. So I, I just think they're going to crash. I mean, they're still top four. I just don't think they're going to contend I, for first. I, I think that's a fair point. Uh, uh, Tommy, who do you have? City, Liverpool, Spurs, Arsenal, Chelsea, and United. Okay. Uh, uh, si? I'm really close to you, Tommy. I'm City, Spurs, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, United. You know what? I'm taking your note, your uh, post-it. Uh, I'm Spurs 2, you're Spurs 3. I know. I just couldn't write that fast. I swapped yours and uh, Jeff's out. So, Rick, what do you got? City, Spurs, Liverpool, Chelsea, and I don't care. <laughs> um, Newcastle and West Ham. <laughs> okay, interesting. Um so I had Spurs first, of course, uh, City second, Liverpool third, Chelsea fourth, Man U fifth, and Arsenal sixth. I, and that might be hopeful thinking that Arsenal's going to be that low to me because they probably aren't really setting themselves up to be that low. But I don't uh, have them in the top six. So but I, I just don't, don't believe them. I don't them. have them in the top 19. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's where I'm at with that. Um, next up, we have the bottom three for the league. Uh, so let's start with Jeff. So Fulham and Bournemouth. Fulham, I don't know why they, you know, these bounce back teams are annoying. Um, but the third one, I'm going to go with a surprise and say Brighton. I mean, they already sold Basuma. They're selling Cucurella. They aren't really bringing in reinforcements. I think it could go south for them. Okay. Um, 
Tommy? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna say Leeds because full and you know Fulham they're yo-yoing, so I mean might as well. And then you know what? Jeff has a good argument. I'll go with Brighton as well. Okay. Uh, Ty? I consider Brighton, but I'm not going the I'm not going the Brighton route because I think they they. They tend to put out a good squad, and they've, they've shown each other. They've shown this, that they can, they can be in this league. I'm going Leeds, and I'm going Bournemouth. We just stole the best player off of Everton, and they had the worst year they've had in a long, long time. Calvin Lewin is not going to be enough to score enough goals. I'm going Everton's actually going down this year. Ooh, and I do like that. to see Fran- Frank Lampard suffer a little bit. So. I'll be golden before that happens. No, that that would be something, and yeah, good point. Like, uh, they're in dire straits, they and they they were so terrible. They signed money for nothing, huh? Yeah. yeah, it's a good point, you asshole, because that's exactly what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Leeds, Everton, and Fulham. Leeds, Everton, Fulham. Yeah, I, I kind of want to see Everton go down, but I have trouble predicting that. Just uh, like they seem like they could just scrape out of it the same way they did this no, year. They're, they're awful right um, now. And I was going between Forest, but you guys made a good point with all those acquisitions. So I'm going to go Bournemouth, Leeds, and Fulham. Fulham's just like one of those bad, They never stay up. Um, I think Leeds, um, as much as I want their American coach to succeed just for America's sake, I don't think it's going to happen. Like uh, Their style of play just doesn't work for their level of play in the league, and I think they're going to suffer and probably have to fire him eventually. Uh, but that's that's my prediction there. Um Next, uh, Golden Boot and Assist Leader. Uh, Jeff? Um, I had, you know, Harry for Golden Boot. Assist, I was torn. I almost wanted to say Harry for that, too, but I'm going to go with De Bruyne, assuming De Bruyne stays healthy. Okay, that's a good guess. Always uh, a Tommy? I mean, he's kind of unproven in the Premier League, but I'll go with Hollande, and I'll say Dayon. Okay. Um, wow, si? Dayon. Wow, I like it. I, I don't think it's going to be close. I think Halan's going to take this thing and he's going to run away with it. Um, and I am going to go Kane for assists. Okay. I like, I like that. Uh, Rick? You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be Sun for Golden Boot, and it's going to be Perisic for assists. <laughs> I would love that, but that seems like, that now seems you, I like think a, now we've won the league. A new player. Like, has he ever won a, goal, like a top assist leader anywhere, Perisic? If Not we, sure. I mean, yeah. if, we, if we get second or first, as some of us are predicting, then Perisic is going to have to have a lot of assists. I agree with that. Okay, okay. that would be great. I'm going to go in a, like a weird place here, and I'm going to say Harry bounces back and gets his golden boot this year because he actually cares and he's playing for Conte. Um, and... I'm going to say Sun gets the assists, giving feeding the ball to uh, uh, to Kane, um, as we saw that they can do under Mourinho. But I think they're going to now that they don't have to worry about the build-up play as much uh, with all these new players. I think um, they, they can shine. Um, and the final one is your outlandish uh, long shot <laughs> prediction, uh, Jeff. Um, I too, Larice uh, leads the leagues in clean sheets. And also, uh, Delhi is out of the Premier League at the end of the season. Okay. Uh, Tommy? Um, I'm going to say Forrest gets top 10. And Dean Henderson eventually takes the number one goalkeeper spot uh, for England. But, I mean, Pickford's not great. So, I mean, I don't know how outlandish that is. Uh, Well, I didn't have really a second outlandish. But I think it all starts Friday when Palace kicks the crap out of Arsenal and Palace qualifies for the Europa League this year. That's my outlandish. 
Okay, and Rick? Um, I'm going to go for manager firings. Um, Moyes is going to get fired. Uh, when? Or just in general? Just in general. Um, Lampard's going to get fired. And Arteta's going to get fired. Amen. Uh, that, that, that doesn't seem that outlandish to me, but... Uh, but we'll see. Um, no, but I'm going for all three. Yeah. Not just one. For, I'm going okay, for all three. Going for all three. Okay. In the same game. <laughs> <laughs> same day. <laughs> if only. <laughs> uh, my outlandish, I think I've already said, I have Spurs winning the league. I think that's pretty outlandish like uh, to predict at all. Um, but I'm Great. going for it. And I, and I think that's enough for my Ooh. outlandish. <laughs> I'm just Spurs win the league. That would be... Imagine the day out here uh, when that happened. Ugh. Well, um, <laughs> any final thoughts before we wrap up the episode? Uh, Rick, we'll uh, start with Fuck you. Arsenal. Fuck Arsenal is a good one. Sai? Let's go Palace Friday. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Tommy? Uh, during halftime, I was telling everybody, I'm, like, I'm not a big baseball fan, but, you know, uh, women's Euros are over. Formula One's in a little break right now. So it's nice to have the Premier League start up this weekend. Definitely. So definitely. I'm ready for it. Jeff? Um, this is such a great feeling this year compared to last year, going back to Shub's thing. I mean, last year we were all terrified, and now we're all, you know, you've got us winning the league, so this should be a great year. Come on, you Spurs. It's, it's going to be fun to watch, and, uh, and I'm very excited for this season. Um, it could go south, but I, I think the, the, this journey is going to be fantastic no matter what. Well, like what it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of fun matches all throughout to watch well one, one last thought I, I, I think we need to be a little bit patient I think we might start a little slow but at some point in the season we're going to pick up some confidence and momentum and then everybody needs to watch out because as soon as that happens we're going to go on a run where we're going to win you know 10-15 games in a row um, it just depends on when that happens um, but we need to be a patient. I think we need to be a little bit patient at the beginning. Okay, fair fair point and uh, great conversation today. I know we went long. I hope everybody stuck with us. Um, um, but that about wraps up the podcast. So thank you so much to Rick today for uh, sound and running equipment checks with me to, to make sure the sound quality was good for this episode so we can be back to these in-person episodes. Uh, thank you so much to Tommy for editing tonight, uh, Charlie for the music, Sam, uh, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill. It's great to be recording here. Definitely come out to the match this weekend. I don't know opening time, but I'm assuming they'll be at least be open by uh, 7.38, so definitely come out for the match. Um, uh, Hit the subscribe button and then write us a review on iTunes if you like our podcast or give us a review wherever you get podcasts. Uh, Check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Star Spurs and our website at 4starspurs.com. Come on, you Spurs.